Hello everyone, this is Larry Morrison, your financial shaman, and we are out for a stroll. In the late night, way past sunset, in a lovely little town in Oregon. And on these podcasts, I really should just do like a really repeating intro so I don't have to keep <laughs> telling you who I am like if this is your first time listening. Um, for those of you who don't know, I spent, a, I spent a decade and still am in the financial world. <clears throat> and my passion, purpose, and so forth is to align and people's energy with money and let go help people let go of their beliefs about it that aren't serving them and unblock the flow and <laughs> i started this with one thing to think of, to talk about and now i have like four in my mind um so we'll see which one comes out Maybe it'll be two. I don't know. Is that the one you want to do? Okay. All right. So, there's this. I had a great call with a client today. And it was great because I got to speak about from the heart from you know talk about these things with her because most of the time in the financial world it's purely dominated by mind like most of things right so it's all strategies and logic and here's the thing if you didn't know this human beings don't make decisions based on logic and I keep getting that reintroduced to me through all sales training, all this stuff, over and over again until I finally just was like, yeah, I can present every logical argument for what to do with your money, how to get rid of debt, how to fix your credit, every strategy. And I, I've, I know a lot of them. Uh, I've heard them all pretty much. And the new ones are just read iterations and reinventions of old ones anyway. So once you understand the core type things it's all just really it all just boils down to buy low sell high and compounding interest so like <sighs> when i explain all these strategies and i'm like this is like like looked at everything this is the best for you and they still say no or they go into all of their fears i started to stop fighting fear with logic I used to believe that my mind could solve all problems and that um, people were afraid because they didn't understand things. But the more I explain, the more fears come up. So I started to realize finally a while ago, probably about six to eight months ago, no, it, yeah, no, yeah, it was about, well, yeah, eight months ago, that uh, 
my skill set at delivering logical arguments is not what's lacking. It's that I'm not speaking to the emotions. I'm not speaking to the consciousness underneath. And I'm not unraveling fears. I'm not talking about fear-based traumas. And so I started to shift. And the more I shifted, the more everything responded around me until I realized that this is, it's completely in alignment with my purpose for being here. And here's the thing. The more and more I shift into this, the more and more I talk about it, the better I become at doing it. The more I speak from my heart, the more content flows, the more I'm in alignment with who I am, the more I smile, everything. The vibration is more of who I am. And when I get to speak to someone one-on-one and help them align with their vibration, it's like Christmas morning. It's like I don't know how else to describe it. It's like um, a complete surrender and I am a part of the universe not separate from it. I am being used in a beautiful way not like we think of someone using or manipulating it like something's coming through me and I feel like we were supposed to meet supposed to talk and all of that kind of stuff anyway (laughs) I had one of those conversations today and of course financial trauma came up but it was beautiful because she came to me for a logical solution like most people go to finance people for and I presented all the logical solutions but I could tell just subconsciously and because of the work she did that she could go deeper and so it was easier to not have to like bring down the rabbit hole right or jump too far too fast you jump too far too fast in a conversation people get spooked and I'm okay with spooking people that's not a big deal like here I am talking about consciousness and money like that's gonna spook a lot of fucking people right but I uh, there was some there's something about like the way we deliver and communicate is very important and people have to feel you know with money there's so much fear so I have to deliver it in a way that pushes the envelope but not too far because when you push it a little bit then they can come with you they can catch up you push it a little bit more and gradually you get farther it's not like ripping a band-aid off because it'll just freak people out so Um, just like with this, you know, I always have disclaimers and I'm like, this is why I'm talking about this and the intro and all that kind of stuff, right? Like, um, I talk about, this is why, um, this is how it came to me to do this and blah, blah, and disclaimer, don't, 
uh, do your own research. You know, go inside for yourself. Feel your own things out. I'm just speaking from my own experience. Take what you'd like and don't take what you... Wait, take what you like and leave the rest, right? So, it's not only from my experience, by the way, but something clearly greater is happening. But uh, anyway, point being, we could get farther faster in this conversation. And so... She felt comfortable almost immediately when I started to talk about this stuff, like letting it all flow out. And what flowed out was a very fascinating but a recurring thing that I hear, especially with people in her um, age range. And um, what it was was, what it was was, It's hard to tell that I'm an author when I say like and was was all over the time. Anyway, so super fascinating because she had a financial trauma, right? A pretty big one. And we started talking about, you know, what she believed about money and and that kind of a thing like I typically do with people. But she immediately started to let this all get out of her. Because obviously she needed to vent it. And I'm grateful she felt comfortable to do that. And so... She started talking about um, a financial trauma she had. Now, she came to me for something completely different. I just wanted you to understand that. But... What came out was that she listened to people she trusted, which happens all the time, and she, you know, made sure she did her own research. This is about a financial event. She was guided by people with, you know, high prestige, high praise, big number, uh, uh, you know, digits after their name, meaning like, you know, advisors. And... PhDs and whatnot, blah, 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 and people she trusted, and people that had built up a reputation and all that kind of stuff, well, and then she even talked to people who had done this financial strategy she was talking about before to make sure it worked, like, she did everything right, okay, and she went through with it, she took the leap, she's like, I can figure this out, it'll all work out. You know, even if things change, blah, blah. And then the 2008 market crash happened. And she had put all this in place right before that. Um, You know, roughly 2006-ish, end of 2006. Everything started to collapse in 07. So you can't predict that, right? I mean, some people did, you know, hindsight, blah, 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 blah. But most people, the average person who wasn't a financial strategist or economist, um, wouldn't have predicted that, which she did not, right? And the crazy thing is, we started to dig into this, was how this trauma shifted her ever so subtly. She didn't see it until we really talked about it. And... What had shifted 
was her confidence in herself. Because think about this for a second. You make all the right moves and still lose. How is that going to not shatter your confidence? Right? It's like... Poker is a good example. Um, Or a lot of games of chance that also involve strategy, but poker is just an easier one, and I'll probably try to find another analogy if that one doesn't work, but for everybody, but like in poker, it's not just skill. It's not just a skill game. It's not just a strategy game. There's also luck, right? Like a pure strategy game would be chess. Um, But like a lot of things, even go fish or whatever, depends on the hand you're dealt, right? Or Monopoly is strategy, but also luck depends on the rolls of the dice. So um, when there's luck and strategy, then you have to do the best you can and realize that you can still make all the right moves and still lose. <clears throat> it happens a lot in poker. It's what drives poker people, poker players insane, but also gives them the rush because if it was just a strategy game, they probably wouldn't play it. So, this is what happened to her. And what happens in those type of games is, if you do everything correctly, like you read your opponent, you know, she did the research. She um, knew what the risks were, right? She didn't, she put her chips in, right? So, like, she knew... Like, it could affect her credit, and, you know, this could happen, and this could happen. And she went for it. And before this happened, she had an interesting confidence with money, she was telling me. She had this prevailing belief that she would figure it out. Like, eventually she would figure out not only money itself, but the real thing, which is value creation. And I don't know if I've talked about that on this podcast too, too much. Maybe I have, maybe I haven't. It's one of the things that's more in my courses. But um, no money is exchanged until value is created. So it's super interesting when we talk about We have to work hard for money, for instance. Or that we have to earn money. Why do we say it like that? Because it implies you have to work hard. But in reality, what you have to do to have money flow to you is create value. Now, there are exceptions to this rule, but very few. Very seldom. Um, You know, the lottery winner the inheritance, right? The CEO who you can't see how much value they create, but they do for the most part, a lot of them. You just can't see it. Um, And of course, well, I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole, but anyway, for the most part, you know, let's just call it 95% of the time, you are paid equal to the value you create. Now, of course, there's the other outlier, the other way, the social worker, 
but she gets compensated in he or she gets compensated in different ways um the realm of the spirit for instance you know things like this and that no one goes into that profession for money so they want to be compensated through connection with other human beings through heart through spirit and they put the money on the back burner that's a social worker but i'm not trying to go off on that my point is value creation no money is exchanged until value is created so you are paid according to the value you create for your employer or if you own your own business you are paid uh, according to the value you create for the client or the customer and again there are outliers and exceptions but for the most part this is true and so if you want to create more income for yourself you simply have to create more value it's boiled down to its simplest terms but it's true and holds up for the most part in almost every case now what we need to do when we talk about our definitions and this is in one of my courses is switch from earning if we use that term earn money you let go of that into create value so it's not about i need to go out and earn money it sounds like you need to go hustle it's how do i create value then when you ask yourself that question things can can unlock and come a little easier to you that's how we unblock the flow anyway so she had this prevailing belief that she would figure out how to create value how to figure out money how to um, uh, produce abundance for herself but after that financial trauma when she did everything right and still lost then it completely shifted her to i'll never figure this out and i don't think i'll ever get out of this hole and here we are 12 years later and we're still talking to her i'm still work i'm working with her about this and she came to me and she was like if you can do what people say you can do then there's a po- strong possibility which is like eliminate debt and obviously grow wealth and help people and, and fix credit like i it's one of the anyway it's long. so she came to me to get rid of debt and fix credit and then we were talking about you know wealth creation and stuff and then that led into all this so like um my point is she was like if you can do everything that people say you can do um i can let what i'm currently doing go so something interesting came to me and when it comes in waves of 2 or 3 i really need to pay attention luckily i'm getting better at picking it up on the first one but it's about purpose i talk a lot about purpose on this to me purpose is you know a million times more valuable than money ever will be and alignment is more powerful than anything alignment of purpose itself um and you know all that is so on and so forth so she had understood that it was time for her to shift her purpose 
she had, you know, you could say delivered that karma, gone through that ring. She had experienced what she came to experience with that purpose in particular. And it was time for her to shift. She recognized that. Again, she was very, she don't want to work on herself. She understood a lot of things. <clears throat> and, but, even though she understood all these things, you know, like we easily talked about thoughts creating reality and beliefs and all that and law of attraction and all that kind of stuff. That was an easy, those were all easier conversations. But, she got hung up here, as a lot of people do, on the money. And she was like, if you can do what everybody says you can do, then I can do this. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, now we need to have a deeper conversation. Because regardless of what I can do, my gifts, you have more power than you're giving yourself credit for. And it's this mindset that you won't ever be able to figure it out. And that you've become now a slave to money. You see, when we let money interfere with our calling, it's gonna, things are going to get a little sideways. Things are going to get a little wonky. And if we believe that we have to earn or store or save or whatever before we do that thing it's not going to work why and i've heard this one before that's easy for you to say <laughs> i've been down every almost feels like and this is going to sound arrogant but almost a very conceivable road in this particular dance scenario and what I can tell you is, on the other side of your fear, where your purpose is at, is where your money is. So trying to say that you need to save up money to get to your purpose, you completely don't understand how things work. Once you are on the way to the calling that has been given you, the money will flow because that's what's supposed to happen. It's so fascinating to me that we have this, first of all, false belief that there's never enough. And then we believe that you're not going to be taken care of. We believe that when we are finally heart-centered, heart-focused, and listening to this higher calling, pushing us in a direction that makes our heart sing and gets us excited and think about all these possibilities and living that truth in abundance, we think the universe isn't going to take care of us? Some may say that it'll test you. That's not how I would put it. But, but it will be there for you. How I would put it is that the universe always provides it always has and it always will. Now, it might not provide to the level that you think it should, but everything is there for you to teach you. Everything is there for you. There is nothing against you. So when I hear people that go, 
I want to do this, but in this particular case, it was, I want to do this, you know, she's a, a doctor and, um, of natural medicines, um, and a chiropractor. She's done a lot of things. And so she's like, now I want to shift into helping animals. And, but I need to do this, this, and this, and this first. I'm like, whoa, that's a laundry list of stuff that might never happen. You realize that, right? Like, let's talk about what would it really take to shift into this. And that's where we started to peel back the onion layers and find this financial trauma that was did all the right moves and still lost. So now after 25 minutes of me talking and getting you up to speed, now let's talk about this. Okay. First, as I've already alluded to, where do we want to go? Two things. One, how do you know they were the right moves? Two, how do you know that the, you know, the, the loss was wrong? And three, how else would the universe train you to evolve beyond it? Okay, let's just start with that. First of all, how do you know you made all the right moves? Because you had the mind research everything? Look, this has happened to me. I did everything right. I'll never forget this. This is the last deal, last two deals I did in real estate before I left it for an extremely long time. I mean... Yeah, anyway, I don't want to get into my story. But, like, I did everything right. I did a stupid amount of research. Like, I could quote the law better than anybody around this particular thing. I ran it by the smartest people I knew in the game. I uh, spoke to lawyers... We spoke to everyone. Like, I covered my ASS, and yet, the only thing hinging on it, looking back, I can say this at the time, I was like, this is a, a sealed deal. The only thing that it really hinged on was the court system giving a shit about human beings. I guess... Maybe I had a little too much faith in humanity at that point. I don't know. But I was like, there's no way they're going to screw people like this. Well, that was a wrong idea. But um, uh, here I am blaming. And that's a whole other topic for another time. It wasn't a blame because it's perfect. It ended just like it was supposed to end. Everything happened the way it was supposed to because I had to evolve beyond it. I'm getting ahead of myself. Anyway, you could make all the right moves that you think are right and feel right in the moment. But here's the thing. 
that's still mine. And the idea that you've covered all your bases is to cover all your fears. And I chased every rabbit hole, and I'm sure she did too, every fear she could think of, every move, every chess move ahead, every strategy you can think of, you go down to not because you want um, to be right, it's not about ego, it's about fear. And we believe that the more research we do, the more data we have, the more surety, confidence we'll have. One of my close friends says it this way, an analytical mind or becoming analytical on a subject is just a way to cover up fear. When I first heard that, it blew me away. It's just a way to cover up fear because it's absolutely the truth. Because what are you afraid of that all these answers you're going out there to get is going to solve? What are you afraid of that surety? Is surety a word? Surety, it sounds right, but I could be wrong. Um, What is the fear you're covering up with all of this data? Because you're going outside of yourself to look for confidence instead of following your gut, your heart, your calling. That's the first thing. How do you know you made all the right moves if they were made based on fear? Two, when you say, I've done, you did all the right moves and still lost, what did you actually lose? What did you actually lose? What was the loss? What was the actual financial trauma? For me, I lost money, a lot of it. But it was mine to lose. And it wasn't even really mine. Because the universe gave me everything. It's always given me everything. I've never owned a dime. It was given to me and only for a temporary time. This idea that we own money is so stupid. It's like owning land or air. You can't. You can steward it for a while, but eventually either it's going to go away or you're going to go away through death or whatever. What is it in what is that book? Uh, Four Agreements, he talks about, Miguel talks about uh, the angel of death comes for everything. It's all lent by them, or him or her, whatever you want to say. It's all lent to you, and the angel of death will come collect it. Even our bodies aren't ours. We don't own them. So, what did you really lose? What you really lost was confidence in yourself. But that's kind of a side effect. What we should have lost is confidence in an analytical mind. 
but you put that shame on yourself. I did. She did. The shame of like, damn it. How? It's that, huh? What? Huh? There was a housing market crash? The judge said what? Fuck people, basically? There was a virus that stopped everything? That's never happened. Not all the casino owners, right? (laughs) We'll never lose. What? People can't gather in social groups? That's never happened. So, like... But what did we really lose? I lost my fake ownership and money. She lost um, a real estate investment property. Pretty big one. But... Because of that time frame, she was able to walk away from it with only losing what she had invested and not having to, you know, with foreclosure, I'm sorry, with uh, short sales as they were, and the foreclosures and all that kind of stuff, um, bankruptcies. Everybody was doing it. So it didn't affect, like, she didn't have to dig in. She wasn't in a financial hole. She walked away. She just lost what she invested. So... What did we actually lose when you say you made all the right moves and still lost? Excuse me. Now comes the fun part. If everything is happening for us, not to us, and everything is a gift, it has the seed of a gift in it, more than a seed. Every time we unwrap a financial trauma, I'm sorry, unwrap. I lost my, one of my catchphrases, what is it? Uh, oh, unprocessed trauma is a gift waiting to be unwrapped because there's some amazing lesson in it that if we avoid it, we are losing that lesson. That beautiful gift that was given to us. Because this person, big heart, wanting to help humanity, and now animals, and the earth, was now, she's now gun shy, and has been for 12 years in a rut for 12 years. Now that rut has helped a lot of people, don't get me wrong. But her soul hasn't, in her words, flourished. And so what we have to look at in this kind of situation is who would I have to become to evolve beyond this. 
who would I have to become to heal this wound and let it go? It's a powerful, powerful question. What would I have to believe about myself to believe that I can't do it? And what would I have to believe about myself to believe that I can? So now it comes to the interactive portion. I have a feeling, I could be wrong, but that anybody listening to this, probably everybody, has had some kind of financial trauma. Maybe it's as simple as you loaned money to a friend and now you don't speak to that friend because they never paid you back. Been there. Maybe it's the opposite, where you borrowed money from a friend and now you don't speak to that friend because you didn't pay it back. Uh, Been there, but not there anymore. I did fix that one. Um, Maybe it's... uh, Let's see. I mean, maybe it's some kind of a... Man, my mom used to have this bad one. And it was only over five grand, for God's sake. She, I gave her a bunch of money I had made, or some extra money for her to start investing in stocks and stuff. And she made... She thought of all the right moves and missed something and lost half of it and her confidence was gone. Uh, so I guess it was only over 2500 but still... After that, it was a chain reaction, and that's all she could think about was the trauma. And, um, I mean, this could happen to everybody, anybody. What, what's yours? Um, maybe it's so much I see this every day. People that have taken on student debt and just simply didn't realize what the debt in, that extremely aggressive debt instrument was like when they were signing the dotted line. You know? I mean, there's tons of them. It could, we could go all day with examples of financial traumas. Maybe it's some kind of a... Well, this happened to me the other day. Who was I talking to? Inheritance thing. And, uh, you know, they were fighting with their siblings over... Who gets what and now no one now Thanksgiving is completely different no one talks to each other and so like there's just all of these all over the all over the place the question is you know write yours down and ask yourself who would I have to become to overcome this thing what would have to shift in me in my belief system what would have to change inside of me because you never want the outside world to change to fix you if you think that oh if i hadn't lost that thing or if i if so and so pays me back i'll be fine or if you know my debts are wiped clean which trust me i do to people on a regular basis they're not all the time happy people think they will be but it's not true seen that enough times to know that that's a fallacy because it's got when you go outside of yourself to fix the inside if the inside's still broken you're still look, you're gonna still look at things that are 
aren't going well, and you're going to focus on that. And it'll just be a new thing to be upset about because the inside is broken. Or the belief system is not serving you, is a better way to put it. You're not actually broken. So, what's going on in you? And what would need to shift? tell you what comes to me when I ask that question when I ask that question I think I would have to fully believe in a 100% unconditionally supportive universe I would have to believe in unconditional love from my creator I would have to believe that everything I've ever experienced was to get me right here to this point. I would have to believe that I am bigger than every problem I've ever faced and ever will face. I would have to believe in unlimited power from within. I would have to believe that all of my problems are in my mind. That there really is no problem. That they just, there just is. And the me judging them as right, did all the right things, and still lost, did something wrong, is judgment and judgment is what's creating the right or wrong it just is there is no right or wrong I would have to unconditionally love everybody who's ever stolen from me (laughs) and be grateful for it Everyone who's ever cheated me and be grateful for it. (laughs) Everyone who's ever said they would do something and they didn't do it in the business world, which happens all the fucking time. (sighs) I would have to completely love the money system for giving me this awakening and all of its flaws because they're not flaws they're beautiful because I wouldn't have this awareness without them Now from that place, create a new life and a new relationship with money. From that place, write a new story. From that consciousness, 
create the world around you. And I will be there to help in any way I can. From one unconditional loving soul to another, I love you. Good journey, my friends.